Hello and welcome to this episode of the Two Cent Sport Podcast. My name is JR and I'm here with the marvelous Joey Thompson. How you doing, Marv? How you doing, JR, man? Just living the life here, man. So I'm, we're almost coming to an end to this great summer. Looking forward to the fall. You know what that means, Marv. Football season's right around the corner and we're about to get into a lot of that. But before we do get there, I want to mention this podcast is brought to you by Ringer. That's R-I-N-G-R dot com. Go ahead and visit Ringer forward slash two cent pod. Get your podcast started for 25% off. A lot of people have things that they want to talk about. So why not get it started? Find a guy, find a girl, find whoever you want and and start talking about whatever you're interested in. There's people out there wanting to listen. Also want to mention to follow along with us on Facebook, Two Cent Sport Podcast, and then that's at Two Cent Sports Pod on Instagram. Uh, we also have Two Cent Marv on Twitter, so at Two Cent Marv. He is running the Twitter account, so he gets all the praise or all the blame. I don't, I don't, I don't participate in the Twitter Twitter sphere that much, Marv. But that that's your deal, so we'll let you run with it. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into it. I don't know about all of you, but I found myself very confused by the news out of New England the last couple of days. So I had to really dig into it and, and try and fi- figure it out. So at, on first glance, the Patriots public relations people obviously got ahead of it and released the Tom Brady contract extension, which gave Tom Brady an $8 million raise, put him in the top six quarterback earners. As you, many of you know, he was oftentimes underpaid for his value and by his own choice. He would take pay cuts to win. Uh, they also mentioned it being a two-year extension beyond this year, whereby the time he was 44 and two years from now he'd be making 33 million dollars all of that sounds great sounds like everybody's a winner there the patriots are giving him some sort of honorary contract and he's finally getting paid his value but wait a second it turns out that those last two years are not guaranteed they're void contracts if the patriots so choose so basically that means they're not obligated to pay him a dime if they decide hey he's not doing what he's usually had been doing before he's fallen off they're off the hook for it tom brady when asked about it he's very polite i think polite's the correct word to use but he said you know i'm just one of the guys i'm just another guy on the team nothing's guaranteed for anybody in the nfl but his people are slowly leaking their dissatisfaction with this deal he's been taking pay cuts for a decade he's been underpaid and now he wants to get paid he's won all the super bowls and I, I still think he wants to win the super bowl that's his ultimate goal but it's hey you guys don't have a lot of cap hits going on gronk retired it's time to pay me and it's really interesting to think about because tom brady also put his house on the market in this game of public chicken I'm wondering who's going to balk first now on one hand the patriots I think the patriots are playing it Right. In football, and it's definitely Bill Belichick's model, once you're done, we move on from you. There was a lot out in that Sports Illustrated article where Belichick wanted to move on from Brady, and, and Brady called the owner Robert Kraft, and he, Robert Kraft and Brady basically overruled Belichick for the first time maybe ever and forced him to trade Garoppolo. Brady thought that he was in he was he was good and now it was time to get paid back 
But it looks like Belichick has gained a little bit more control where they're where the Patriots are ready to move on. Marv, looking at this angle, you know, you got the PR of the Patriots versus the PR of the Tom Brady camp. Very shrewd game being played here. What's going to happen here? Could you see Tom Brady playing for another team at the end of his career, not the Patriots? Because I think he's fully ready to go on the free agent market. He's got his house up for sale. He's he's ready to move. He's showing his his hand to the Patriots. He's he's not playing around. I honestly think I mean it is a slap to the face of Tom Brady and his representatives to what the Patriots are doing and you know by giving them this contract which basically uh pretty much if they feel they want to move on from Tom Brady after this season they could just cut him and not have any repercussions. Um honestly Tom Brady still looks great. I've been one of his biggest critics pretty much his whole career, even though he, it's unwarranted criticism because, you know, you could say I was a Tom Brady hater. But I, after a while, I started uh, appreciating his greatness and what he has accomplished and what he does for his team. He's a selfless leader, and he's a guy that's willing to put himself on the line for his team to win a championship. And that's one thing that, you know, nowadays in sports is lacking with a lot of these superstars. Now, Tom Brady, if I'm him, I pretty much say, okay, no problem. You guys want to give me this contract? I'm going to play off, play out my contract currently. I'll leave that offer on the table if you guys still want to offer me in the end of the season. But if, you know, if my body is right and I play lights out, I'm willing to test the free agency waters to see if someone's willing to give me my last big contract before I, I hang up the cleats. So to answer your question, Jared, I could see Tom Brady trying to prove the critics wrong again and say, you know what? I'm 43 because I, I believe he's going to be 43 next. Year. I'm 43. I'm going to prove these guys wrong that I can go to another team outside of Belichick's system and win. If Tom Brady does that, I think a lot of people's heads are going to explode because no one will believe that it's possible that a 43-year-old quarterback could change teams and then go out there and win. So that's going to be something to see. I mean, I can't wait to see how this all unfolds as the season progresses. It'll certainly be interesting, and you bring up a great point. Could Tom Brady head to another team and win a seventh Super Bowl, perhaps? And I think in the past... This might have been a more contentious point because in society over the last 10 years, we've really evolved to be a very mobile society. The NBA kind of started that trend. The NFL, you got guys moving around a little bit more than they used to, not as much as the NBA. But in in the past, people might have been, well, this would hurt his legacy to finish on another team. And that still may be the case for some people out there. But the way I look at it is, like you, Marv, if Tom Brady goes to another team and there will be suitors out there, no doubt, and they will pay him a huge one-year contract or maybe a two-year contract to ensure that he'd come and play for them, there's definitely going to be interested parties and we can get into that. But there will be at least five teams that I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, the, the Jaguars will probably belly up with Foles. I don't know how long that'll last. Uh, you got the Bears who have everything ready, but the quarterback. You have the Ravens who are going to be out of a quarterback pretty soon um, whether it be injury or just lack of play but there's going to be those are three teams off the top of my head there'll be a, a handful more of, of quarterbacks who who will wash out in the next year that's the way it always happens but 
If it doesn't end well for him at the same time, so you have, let me take a step back. You have the scenario where it ends really well for him and he wins a Super Bowl at 43-44 with a second team and he has seven Super Bowls, still the most of anyone in the NFL at quarterback. And if it doesn't go well, well, everybody's only going to remember the time with the Patriots and he's still going to have the six Super Bowls. So it's really a win-win for Brady no matter what. I think the real issue here is Tom Brady does not feel appreciated that the, that the New England organization does not appreciate him the way that he'd like to be for what he's done. Now, when asked, do you feel New England appreciates you? He said he took the diplomatic route. Again, it's this PR game that he's playing. He took the diplomatic route and said, well, I think everyone in their personal and professional life would like to feel more appreciated for the things they do. I think this is a situation where both team, both parties are playing it right, whereas the New England Patriots, if your quarterback's too old and he can't play anymore, you got to move on from him. I get that in the Belichick system. And Brady, you gotta, you got to want to get what you're worth at this point of your career. And I totally agree and understand that. But what I would have liked to see, honestly, I think the way that this could be resolved or could have been resolved or avoided is if Tom Brady's not playing well, He's going to retire. He's not going to play if he's not able to play at the highest level. That's He's an ultimate competitor, and I think that's one of the reasons that he's gained a lot of your respect, Marvin, a lot of people who are, quote-unquote, Tom Brady haters in, in that regard because he just wants to play at a high level, and if he's not playing at a high level, so they could have had a behind the, behind the table or under the table, I should say, handshake. All right, you give me these two years with the assumption that I'm going to retire if I'm not playing well. Marv, do you think Brady would play on if he wasn't playing well? That's just where I see the disconnect here and why this whole thing could be avoided. I mean, Brady said it a few years back. I'll stop playing when I know my body can't, you know, I can't get up any longer. Basically saying, you know, if if I'm, I'm getting up and, you know, I'm feeling all these aches and pains and my body is not right, I'm not going to play anymore. Uh, from what I've seen, Tom Brady's still training at a high level. Tom Brady watches his diet. He eats healthy. So, I mean, hey, milk this thing till you can't, can't no more. So, I mean, he's going to continue to play until he can't basically walk anymore. So, I give him props. I mean, this man is shown to be an Iron Man. And um, the only time I've ever seen Tom Brady really miss multiple games is the year he tore his ACL in 2011. Other than that, Tom Brady's been fantastic the rest of uh, the years that he's played. And I think he's going to continue that. Maybe his arm strength may go down, but Tom Brady is really more about smarts and not physical tools. So I think as long as his you know mind is right and his body's right, Tom Brady will be fine. I don't see him going anywhere else. I don't see him finishing his career anywhere else. I think he will be an above-average quarterback for the rest of his career for as long as he plays. And when that time falls apart, you know, father time catches up with everyone eventually, except maybe Tom Brady. But that's <laughs> been history, so I'll go with it. It's going to catch up to him. It may be later than most people. It may be at 45. But there's going to be a point maybe midseason where he, you know, game eight, he's not doing what he used to do. And they'll finish out the season, not win the Super Bowl. And he'll say, hey, it's time to hang it up but I don't see him playing on another team. Do you? Do you think there's a chance? I, th I just think the Patriots will, will pay him 
if he's playing well, which he will play as long as he's playing well. So I don't see the issue here at the end of the day. I mean, if it if the season doesn't turn out the way Tom Brady envisions and the Patriots envision, and he wants to continue playing, I could see a divorce happening where he says, you know what, I'm going to play my last two years elsewhere and finish off my career the way I want to finish, not the way, you know, the Patriots are going to put me into retirement. I'm going to retire when I want to retire. And I think that's what Tom Brady wants to do. He wants to retire when he's ready. I agree with that. But what I'm saying is that he will be ready when he knows he can't play anymore. And he's so in tune and in touch with his body. He will know when that time is. He's not going to keep playing just because to play the game. He wants to play at an elite, excellent level. When you've won six Super Bowls and you've done everything and more compared to your peers, there's no reason to keep playing at that point. So I don't ever think he would be in a – that's what I'm saying. I don't think he would ever be in a situation to hold New England hostage Whereas some other players might do it for the money or for the fame or Tom Brady is not into that. So I respect what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, Marv, but I don't see a situation where he will be playing at anything less than above average. We can't, like you said, we can't expect his arm strength to be the same when he's 45 as it was when he was 22, but he will be an above average quarterback if he is playing at 45. And if he's not, he won't be playing anymore. That's that's Tom Brady. I, I have no doubt about that. I want to get into this next. We're going to play a little game here, Marv. It's called Three Guarantees. So we're very early in the preseason. It's going to kick off tonight for a lot of teams. Looking at what we have in front of us right now before injuries, I want to make three guarantees to you people listening out there. And you can take these to the bank and hold me to them. Number one, the Saints will finish under. They will finish under their over-under in Vegas of 10.5 games. I look back at last season and I see a couple things that are really important to tell me that this is going to happen. You look at about game eight when, I believe it was week eight, when the Saints played against the Cowboys and the Saints were favored. And the Cowboys came out and rolled him. Drew Brees threw for 125 yards, the lowest point in his, the lowest passing yardage total in his career. And he really got manhandled by a very good defense. Let's not take credit away from the Cowboys. But beyond that point, I know the, I understand the Saints were a play away from the Super Bowl. I get that. From that point on, Drew Brees looked a little tired. Remember, leading up to that point for the first seven games, he was playing out of his mind. And then after that, he started to kind of just, taper off a little bit. They became very heavily reliant on the running game. You don't have Mark Ingram anymore. You have Kamara. Alvin Kamara is very good, but that two-headed monster was really important. I see Drew Brees falling off even more. Again, just because of physical ability, his arm is not the way it was. His commitment is not Brady level. I mean, to his body, Brady is famous for that. No one's commitment is to that level. So that's not a knock on Drew Brees. Father time is just coming for him. And Father time doesn't knock. It comes with a, one of those things that the police come when they, you got a raid. What are those things called, Marv? They'll, they'll knock, your, knock your door through and knock you over. I mean, there's no chance <laughs> that the Saints win more than 10, 10 and a half. They will, if they're lucky, they'll go 10 and 6. But 10 and a half, take that to the bank at whatever you want on that and hold me to it. There's no chance that they win 11 games. No chance. Guarantee number two for me, the Bears and the Ravens will fall back. 
Look, the Ravens have always been a well-run organization. The Bears are becoming a well-run organization. I have to give a lot of credit to Ryan Pace for his ability to manage personnel and build a Super Bowl contender. On paper, they have it all, but they don't have a quarterback. And the same with the Ravens. You can tell me all you want about running quarterbacks for the future and these RPOs and all this little gimmicky stuff. But when you look at the Bears and the Ravens, you have two players who are more capable of running than passing. I like both of the guys. I like Lamar Jackson. I like Trubisky, but they're in a very similar situation. Trubisky's a better passer slightly. Lamar's a better athlete, I think, definitively. But Trubisky's a really nice athlete and can run. And why I see those two play, it's like I'm watching guys play the Wildcat, and the Ravens themselves think they're going to implement the Wildcat which your quarterback's going to end up injured. And how did the Wildcat turn out? Remember when that was the big craze, Marv? You're going to have teams running with <laughs> running backs. That's what the Ravens think they're going to turn that into. And you look at last year when the Ravens were running with Lamar and they were doing really well. In the past, when you have a Tim Tebow or Lamar Jackson, when you get a second run to see them, the first time it's so surprising. And then the second time you get time and you, you faced it and you watch some more film and you kind of tweak your game plan. And it doesn't work. And we saw that happen with the Ravens against the uh, Chargers. He was slowed down significantly. It was a big difference, and they had to bring in Flacco because he couldn't, he couldn't move the ball. He couldn't play. So that, I have no doubt that the Ravens and the Bears are going to fall back, and we'll see how they rebound from that. But they are definitely not going to hit their win totals from last season, and I don't see either one of them making the playoffs. And number three. I know I'm going to get a little pushback from this in a minute, but Aaron Rodgers will, will be a man on a mission. I have to put an asterisk next to this. Those These injuries, they seem to be catching up with him. And in a lot of times you see guys going down that injury path and they get one after another after another. The only problem with the Packers the last two years, they've always lacked talent as long as Aaron Rodgers have played. They've always lacked defense as long as Aaron Rodgers have played, but they've been perennial playoff contenders because they have Aaron Rodgers. So. Point being, if Aaron Rodgers is playing 16 games and he has extra help, I think their team is better this year, and he's a man on a mission from all the, the BS and all the crap he's been hearing from the press and, and the fans and he's fallen off, I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder similar to LeBron James coming back this year in the NBA. So those are my three guarantees. Marv, what do you got for us? You know, as much as I love A-Rod, and, uh, you know, I, I think he's probably the most physically, most talented, I'm sorry, most talented physically, uh, physical specimen in, in the NFL at quarterback. Um, I have to disagree with you on the Packers. Uh, I'm taking my first guarantee as the Packers will finish last in the NFC North. Now, the reason being is I was not impressed. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, man. Like, just doing, you know, thinking a lot, looking at all the moves they made. I was, I wasn't impressed. I just didn't like the head coach signing. I mean, even it, Aaron Rodgers recently threw his coach under the bus and that guy tore his ACL playing, I think, a pickup game. I mean, I, to me, that was just kind of like bad omens early on in the offseason when this guy tore up his, uh, his leg. And I'm like, wow, what the heck is their head coach doing, you know, playing pickup games? But anyways, um, I just don't like the situation that uh Aaron Rodgers has put their front office in because since, you know, he is a superstar, he's a great player, he's basically 
you know, force them to make all these moves. And I think they're going to backfire at the end of the day. I just don't like it. I didn't see enough upgrades that I'll be like, wow, the Packers really improved their team. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I mean, I have them finishing maybe seven and nine or six and 10. I, I just don't see them becoming that great team. And that's if, you know, Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. If Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, maybe they will be a 500 team. Maybe. But I mean, I, I just see them finishing in last. I just don't, I don't see them taking that lead. And I think if you look at it, the Bears, I think are maybe like a win or two better than them. And then it's, be, I think the Lions will actually make the biggest jump in the NFC North and be probably finishing second. And then that, I think the Vikings still are the most complete team in the NFC North. Right, hold on one second. Is, Before you get to the second guarantee, I have to push back and defend what you're talking about. I'll give you the credit. <laughs> I'll give you the credit in terms of what you're saying. The Packers haven't done enough to help Aaron Rodgers. You don't like their moves. I get that their draft has been less than – their drafting ability has been less than exceptional. But ever since they've moved on and had a new front office in the last two years, I have to give them credit. Jair Alexander, they've spent – first of all, they've spent all their picks on defense, which they should have been doing for a very long time. They got Jair Alexander last year, who's a very good cornerback in the first round. Then they go ahead and pick up two more defensive players in the first round this year. They get Rashawn Gary off the edge. His uh, – what is that? The Wonderlick test or whatever they take, he he's not a bright guy, but apparently he can run really fast <laughs> off the edge, and you do not need to be bright to be an edge rusher. So that's the only criticism on him, not a bright guy, but he just all across the league, but he is very good at getting to a quarterback, which doesn't take a lot of smarts, so I don't really have a problem with that issue that he has. Otherwise, he played at Michigan. There's not, It's a, really a no-nonsense program. It's not Ohio State or an SEC program. Somehow he stayed eligible. Anyways, Darnell Savage Jr. out of Maryland, a really good player. And then they went on offensive line and then some offense later on in the draft. But they've, point being, they've, spent, they've done better on their team. And I, I will give you credit on your, on your prediction. I don't like Aaron Rodgers' attitude. I don't like his leadership. I don't like the way that he's put – he's put – the Packers, I don't like the position that he's put their front office in. I don't like the position he puts his coaches in. But you can't deny the man's talent. And at the end of the day, I don't think there's any chance that a a quarterback of his caliber plays 16 games and they don't win that division. The Vikings are perpetual chokers. The Bears don't have a quarterback. And the Lions are the Lions. I'll give you the last word because it was your prediction and I had to cut in here. But that I, I just have to push back on that because I think that's crazy that you tell me that Aaron Rodgers could play 16 games and they finished seven and nine never has that happened or come close in his career it was a really tough decision for me to think you know come up with that conclusion but i mean i don't know i think the vikings are gonna be much better this year and hear me I agree out with that i agree they, with that uh, they, they they went on a lot of people didn't pay attention but they went out and got gary kubiak as an offensive i believe he's an offensive uh assistant so he's gonna be helping their offense uh, a lot more. The, you know how the Broncos old offensive system, the the same system that the Rams run, you know, the Mike Shanahan offense, the West Coast offense. I think that fits uh Kirk Cousins really well because that's where he had his best uh years when he played under my, uh Kyle Shanahan's system. Now that's that's uh, Kyle Shanahan got that system from Kubiak who Kubiak got from his father. So I think 
that system is going to fit him a little bit better. So I think Kirk Cousins is going to take a, a step forward, I would hope, and not a step backwards. I mean, he did get an $84 million contract, so he's going to have to pay, uh, pay, uh, play up to his contract this year. So that's why I think the Packers, somebody has to fall out. And I think the Packers is the team that's going to, you know, take a step back. And that's why I predicted that. I, I understand and I respect that logic. I do think the Vikings are the best team on paper in that division. But when you look at Kirk Cousins' record in big games and you look at the Vikings' ability to beat the Packers, it's similar to everybody in the AFC East's ability to beat the Patriots. It's non-existent. But anyways, let's get back to it. Prediction number two and number three. What are your number two and number three guarantees, Marv? So my number two is Eli Manning will lead the NFL in interceptions. Now, the reason why I say that is because what the Giants did, Giants finished, what, with like four or five wins last year. And the first thing they do, they go and trade their best offensive weapon, who happens to be Eli Manning's number one target. That, to me, made no sense. So imagine Eli with him leading the league. So what do they think is going to happen? He's going to lead the league without him. So (laughs) I think he's going to be an interception machine. And it's going to come to a point in the season where they're going to be forced to play Daniel Jones and see what they have from the kid uh, to, you know, try to make a decision for for the offseason to move on from Eli Manning and start Daniel Jones from then on out. So I think by midseason, Eli is going to be leading the league in interceptions. And that's when the Giants may have to make a serious decision. Or a business decision. I can I can definitely see that. I'm on board with that one at least. Uh, at least through halfway of the season, I think we will unfortunately for him see Daniel Jones because I don't think he's anywhere near ready to play in the NFL. But what is guarantee number three? Now living in the DMV, I've, I've watched every single move and I've heard every single rumor and every whisper that's going down in the nation's capital, Washington D.C. And the team that represents that uh, great city, our nation's capital, the Redskins, I think they're possibly the worst team in the NFL. I mean, their best offensive lineman does not even want to play for them anymore. He doesn't trust the front office. Uh, Their front office is a joke. It's a mess. And they didn't really do much to improve their team on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they got, I like their, their quarterback pick when they drafted my boy Simba out of Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins. He's a local guy. I mean, it could, you know, go either way, but still, if he starts, they're going to have nothing around him. I can't even name their number one receiver. Was it Paul Richardson? I mean, that, that got to be a joke. They didn't, they didn't sign anyone. I, I don't know who their tight end is. Their offensive line has been bad, and now they're not going to have their best lineman. Their defense has been it's been above average here and there, but, I mean, their defense can only do so much. I mean, their starting running back is Adrian Peterson. I mean, we're going to see what he has left in the tank. I just don't see them winning more than four games this season. And, I mean, that's just me being, you know, nice. Because I like I like uh, Dwayne Haskins a lot, and I think he's he's a really good quarterback. Unfortunately, he got drafted to a team with not much talent around him. Yeah, I really like Haskins, but I am on board with what you're saying. One of the things on tape with Haskins is that he gets happy feet. He gets moving a little bit under pressure, and there's going to be plenty of throws under pressure with that horrendous offensive line. So for his sake, I really hope he doesn't play this year. 
but that's not realistic. We're probably going to see him by game 10 because they're not going to be very good. And game 10 at the latest. So, yeah, four games is nice. With the Browns being competent, at least competent at this point, they may be noisy, but they're competent. The title of biggest circus in the NFL is wide open, and, and the Redskins are certainly up there in the in the, uh, in the the standings with maybe the Raiders and a couple other poorly run franchises. And the Giants. And the, and the Giants. Yeah, the Gi- I'll give it to the Giants, but the Redskins aren't far behind. I think the Giants might also be better than – might be better than the Redskins this year, but they are just pretty bad. I hope that the Redskins, for Haskins' sake and for their fans' sake, they do have Case Keenum. They picked him up. Let Haskins sit on the sidelines, talk to Alex Smith, learn from Alex Smith. Alex Smith isn't playing, but he is one of their quarterbacks, and I've seen that they've been attached to the hip, so I'd like to see them develop. But I I like your prediction. I think the Redskins are pretty – Dang bad. They're they're bad. So I want to get into this next. We're going to get into predictions for divisionals uh, for divisions this season. Uh, Marv is going to break down the AFC for us. Marv, who do you have um, in the AFC North? We'll start there. AFC North, I have the Browns winning the division with a 10 and 6 record. It's going to be a tight race between them and the Steelers because uh, I have the Steelers also finishing 10 and 6 and missing the playoffs. Um, the Ravens at 6 and 10. I just don't see them like you mentioned earlier. Uh, they're one of my teams to take a step back. I just don't see their offense being any good. I think defenses already have enough tape on Lamar Jackson to where they're going to be forcing him to be a passer. And that may be, you know, a big no-no for him and the Ravens offense. So it's going to be interesting to watch how that offense uh, adjusts to the defenses that they're going to start seeing this season. Uh, the Bengals, there's not much to say about them other than they're pretty bad. They didn't really upgrade their offense much at all. I mean, they still have Andy Dalton and AJ Green's always hurt. So good luck to them. I got them finishing two and 14. And you had the Steelers in, in second there at, at what was the record? Uh, 10 and 6. So this one it was a really, yeah, it was a really tough one for me because I could feel, I think the Steelers are going to still find ways to win games. They still have Big Ben. Uh, whoever they plug in that running back always produces. And I think Big Ben will still do what Big Ben does and throw touchdowns and throw a lot of yards. And they'll keep them in games and, and they'll win 10. But I think the tiebreaker between them and the Browns is what's going to, you know, determine who wins the division and misses the playoffs altogether because I've got seven teams with above 10 wins. Yeah, I I, <laughs> so I agree with your predictions. I just have to put in my two cents on the Steelers and the Browns because that's one of the hardest picks for me because I don't like noisy teams. I don't like Baker Mayfield's personality uh, in the sense that I wouldn't draft him as my quarterback. I like Baker Mayfield. He's very entertaining. He's very interesting. And I like him as a person. I like him in general overall. Anything you, I can say a lot of positives, but he's not the kind of guy I would draft as a quarterback. But I think the Browns and Baker Mayfield are sort of the exception to the rule. I didn't like Baker Mayfield in the beginning, but then you go ahead and watch Mike up. You go ahead and watch him, how he handles his teammates and that. And he's kind of got that it's cliche, but he's kind of got that Brett Favre where I wouldn't want my quarterback being like Brett Favre either, but it's certainly worked for Brett. And I think it's going to work for (laughs) Baker as well. So I was not a Baker Mayfield guy, but then on the other hand, you have the Steelers, you got the 
the the the trust fund of the AFC North, let's call it. So I I just wanted to make the comment that like generally I don't like the Browns, but in the way they're run, but they may be the exception to the rule with so much talent and so much ability. But I like the Steelers. They're quiet now, but I don't know if they have the talent. So that's going to be really interesting to watch. But let's go to the AFC South, Marv. How do you have that breaking down? AFC South, I have the Colts finishing with 11 wins if uh, Andrew Luck can stay healthy. Texans at 10-6, and six, barely squeaking into the playoffs. Uh, Titans at 8-8 eight and eight because I didn't see anything enough for me to say, well, the Titans took a step forward. I think they're going to take a step backwards. And the Jaguars are just Jaguars. They're, you know, back to being the Jaguars like we always know them. I give them seven wins because I think Foles will maybe win a few more games for them, but they're going to just get seven. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that lineup there. I think the Jaguars and the Titans may have less wins than you thought. Other than that, I mean, they're going to finish at the bottom of the division. There is that huge what if with Deshaun Watson staying healthy. I'm not really concerned about luck, but Watson, they don't have a line. Deshaun Watson in Houston, they don't have a line. So it's going to be tough for them. Uh, AFC West, how do we have that shaken out? The AFC West, my lovely division. See, so this time I made uh, some picks for the AFC West. I try to be as, as unbiased as possible. Uh, so the Chiefs. Were one of my arch nemesis. I have them winning 12 games, uh, 12 and four. Chargers, 10 and six, which I, I think you probably disagree with me on that. Uh, Broncos, kind of a little homer pick, but I got them winning nine games because I think we're going to, uh, show some critics wrong that we're a little bit better than what they think we are. Uh, and I have the Raiders, the circus, the clown show. The John Gruden Dynasty Raiders, Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders at five and eleven. I just don't see how they're gonna, you know, how I say, start winning. It's gonna take a while. They, they're still John Gruden's still getting his pieces together. Normally, it takes you know a guy or a coach to bring in all his guys by let's say the third year, and the way Antonio Brown's already starting the off season by uh, getting injured in the silliest ways by not doing things properly and getting frostbite on his feet, which is where you make all your money, is your feet and your hands. Got to protect those at all costs if you're a receiver. Well, this guy goes and he gets frostbite, and I, I just think it's a joke. So and he thinks it's a joke, too, because he's over there posting stuff on social media like it's funny. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's the Raiders. <laughs> the comments on Antonio Brown, that's one of the reasons going back to the Steelers, why I really like the Steelers, because his noise and his ridiculousness is out of the out of the building. There's no amount of talent that could make me put up with that level of nonsense. But I give the Raiders credit. Yes, they do need three years to implement their guys. And they're just trying to sell tickets at this point, trying to remain relevant in that transfer period. They're on hard knocks. They're more of a they are more of a design circus, whereas the Redskins are a circus because they're incompetent, but the Oakland's kind of a, I give them a pass on that. I do. Like you said, I, we talked a little bit about this off air. I, I love Mahomes. Nobody loves Mahomes more than I do, but the chargers, I think are the class of the division. And I think the Broncos lose a, a few more games than you mentioned, but 
The Chargers just have a defense, and the Chiefs do not. And the Chargers have a good offense, and they have good coaching, as do the do the Chiefs. So you, you when you look at it, you got good coaching, good offense for both, and a good defense for only one. I have to go with the Chargers, but I think they're both in the playoff hunt at the end of the year. There's no doubt about that. And last but not least, <laughs> the easiest division probably to predict. That's why I left it for last. The AFC East. Who do you got there? All righty. So the Patriots, of course, everyone knows Patriots 11 and 5. Uh, Jets is my surprise. 9 and 7. Well, then again, it's not a surprise by default. 9 and 7, you know, they, they'll win nine games, I think, with what they've done in the offseason and, you know, miss the playoffs by just one game. And, uh, I have the Bills at 7 and 9. Basically the same record they had last year because they really didn't do much to improve their team. It all really depends on their quarterback. If he takes that next step, maybe they're, he'll improve their record, but who knows? He, he has to stay healthy first as well. Uh, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, <sighs> what can I say about them? Five and 11. Um, Dolphins at some points in the offseason said they were basically tanking for the first pick. Then they went out and signed Fitz Magic and made a trade for Rosen. So who knows what the Dolphins are planning to do. But looking at just taking a quick glance at their offense and their roster, and I didn't see anything to say, wow, okay, the Dolphins are going to uh, be a better team. I still think they're possibly one, if not the second or third worst team in the AFC. Yeah, the Dolphins are probably the least talented team or least talented roster in the NFL. And it's been really sad. They're at least up there. And, it's really sad to watch a quarterback with ability. I think he has a lot of ability. Josh Rosen go from the Cardinals, who have absolutely no talent, to the Dolphins, who have absolutely no talent in that sense. Because I think they will be 5-11, and 11, like you mentioned. And I think he'll be playing, and I think he'll play well this time around. I, I can't remember for the life of me who the Cardinals' offensive coordinator was last year because the Cardinals, who, who cares? That was one of the worst offenses in the NFL design I've ever seen in my life. It was horrible. And so you can't really – got to consider situations, right? Like Brady is, is the GOAT, but he did get Bill Belichick. I'm not sure he would be six Super Bowl winner without Bill Belichick. You have to look at – in life, it's the same way. What family does this person come from? What culture, what society do they – point? what part in society do they come from? And that makes a difference. Um, much more impressive to have somebody come up from nothing than somebody who was handed off a, a business. So it just that's kind of the situation I see Rosen in. But the rest of it, I agree with you. We talked about the Jets before. I think they'll be on the edge of contention. They won't be there just yet. But I love the pairing of Darnold and um, Le'Veon Bell, and I love Adam Gase and always have, and I've talked about that a lot on the podcast, so I won't spend more time doing that. Let's get to the NFC. I'm going to take predictions, and Marv is going to give critique on this side. So we'll start with the NFC East. I like Philly to be 11-5. and five. They have the most talented roster in the NFC, I believe. That The concern that I have is not Carson's Wentz, Carson Wentz's talent. It's, his, it's two things. It's his ability to stay healthy, just like Aaron Rodgers. And number two, from all reports out of Philadelphia, they think he's a self-righteous son of a you-know-what, and he doesn't get along with the players very well. His leadership doesn't resonate. So it could be complicated getting to the end if they have a rough patch in the middle of the season. But I really love their talent, so I have to put them at 11-5. Cowboys, I'm not a buyer of the Cowboys. I think Dak Prescott isn't very good. I think Ezekiel Elliott's probably not going to play. Amari 
at least for a while. Amari Cooper is is a good player, but he's, his quarterback is Dak. I uh, their defense is really good, so nine and seven, and they're in a bad division on the bottom half. So I I'm giving them nine and seven. I have the well, <laughs> I have to disagree with that. I mean, if they might win nine and seven by default, but I mean. Dak has shown who he really is, and without a running game, if they're unable to successfully have a running game without Zeke, Dak's going to struggle, and then they could just double-team, uh, what's his name, Amari Cooper, and their offense is just going to go stagnant. I mean, unless they think Jason Witten's going to draw some double-teams, but I just don't see maybe 9-7. and I would say 8-8. Eight and eight. It all really depends on when Zeke plays because he's really important to that offense and how they function. So- without him. So my pick is also by default as well. I don't, like I said, I said a lot more negative things in that segment. So I agree with you that I said a lot of negative things for a nine and seven team, but to me, it's by default because let's say Zeke holds out. You have a very real possibility of being three and oh, and at least two and one because they play the giants, the Redskins and the dolphins to start out. So (laughs) you'll be three and oh, and Zeke will have to come back because I don't know who's running his show or if he's running his show, but it's a total disaster. It's a train wreck to think that he can hold out. If he does realize if he doesn't report, he gets he doesn't get credit towards free agency. So it's just kind of, he has zero leverage. So the Cowboys aren't going to give him any favors, and they shouldn't. And they have to worry about paying that defense. Hey, I was gonna go ahead. One question: Who 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 uh? Created that schedule for the Cowboys. It must have been a big Cowboys fan to set them up with those seriously. Components that is the season. Well, it's it's their division. It's a t- <laughs> it's an easy schedule, and then you get the the uh, Dolphins thrown in there. I don't know who makes NFL schedules because the Raiders have a really difficult schedule. <laughs> yet the Cowboys were a playoff team last year, and they have a cupcake to start it out. Their their schedule does get a lot more That's difficult. Ridiculous. But anyways, getting on to the end of the East, <laughs> the Giants six and ten. They got talent at running back, and that's about it. And they have a decent defense. They have no quarterback, no wide receivers. Six and ten is being nice because somebody has to win some games in that division. And then for all the reasons we discussed earlier, the Redskins three and thirteen, and I think that's pretty nice. They might be two and fourteen. And I have I have them close to the worst team. I have the Bengals at two and fourteen, going back to your AFC predictions. So it's really close, but the Bengals are definitely there. Um, the NFC North, I think we disagree a lot on this one, but the Packers, this is, by the way, I think this is one of the best top to bottom divisions in terms of a, any team can win any game in this division, both head to head, and they can beat, beat oh, no, anyone in the league at any point. So I really like this division, uh, but we might have some differences based on what we've talked about earlier. I have the Packers at 10 and 6. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has to stay healthy for that to happen, but I do think he's going to make it this season. I have the Vikings nine and seven. Again, think the Vikings are the best team on paper in this division. I think Kirk Cousins will take strides forward, but the Vikings have not proven to me that they're anything but chokers. And until the point that they can beat the Green Bay Packers and prove that to me, I'm not going to give them a lot of love and a lot of respect. So I'm going to give them nine and seven based on talent, but it's just they don't know how to win big games. Some teams do, like the Patriots. Some teams don't, like the Vikings. So I have them at nine and seven. The Bears, I love the Bears roster from top to bottom, like except for quarterback, like I said. And when you look at how fortunate they were last year with their defense and getting very few injuries, 
they're going to come back to the mean on that. They're going to have some injuries this year. They have a new coordinator. I don't know how that's going to go. And all reports out of Chicago Bears camp is Mitch Trubisky is up and down, and I've never liked the guy as a quarterback. I think he's a good kid. I think he's a good leader. I don't think he has the mental wherewithal. I, I think he might even have the talent. I don't think he has the mental wherewithal and the poise, the moxie to play quarterback in the NFL. So I think the Bears are going to have an interesting offseason next year when internally they realize Trubisky is not the guy Yet they have a shrinking Super Bowl window because I think they do have a Super Bowl window right now. So the Bears, 8-8, eight and eight, they fall back and maybe bounce back the next year. The Lions, one of the worst teams in the NFL on the roster. Patricia is supposed to be a good coach. We'll see what he can do. But I have them at 5-11, and 11, and the only reason I have them at 5-11 and 11 is because Stafford's a good quarterback. The rest of their team is atrocious. Marv, how long was it, had it been? I'll let you comment, but... They went like four years without a 100-yard rushing game. One singular game. The Lions are so unbelievable, 5-11. and 11. Anyways, I know you disagree with that. We've kind of duped <laughs> that out before. but Yeah, and the NFC, NFC, I have it a little bit more upside down than what you have. And I had, of course, the Vikings. Surprise, my surprise dark horse pick to win more than a certain amount of games is the Lions. I had them finish the second. Then I had the Bears finishing third. And then I had the uh the Packers in last. So I mean, I just I disagree with you with the Packers finishing in first. But like you said, this is one of the tougher divisions to really predict because a lot of the teams there are really talented and a lot of the teams have really good coaching. So I mean, we're going to see how it turns out. It's going to be a very interesting division to watch and pay attention to as a season. There's no doubt about that. And I would not be surprised in the least with the Lions being better. I just think that their roster is bad. Patricia is a really good coach by some accounts. I don't know why or how, but I guess he is, and he's a Belichick guy. I don't know. But they wouldn't surprise me with Stafford and uh, Patricia turning out to be a good coach. That would not surprise me in the least but they just don't have the talent. They were in every game last year. They were very close, and they played really well, and their defense is a little underrated. So that, like like we both agree, they'll be in every game. Just how many will they win? I don't think that many. I think Stafford is to the point where his, his uh, abilities have been tainted by his needs to win the game on his own back. So his, his, he's developed too many bad habits to recover from. NFC South. This is always the toughest division to predict in football, I think. The Falcons, I have a 10 and 6. I think that they have the best team. That's just flat out it. They have the most all-around talent, and they have the best quarterback in the division. Some will say Drew Brees, but again, going back to my prediction that Brees is going to fall off a cliff. Panthers, 9 and 7, just because they have a lot of good qualities about them. They have a good running game. They have McCaffrey's great. I think I agree with the NFL executive survey that Cam Newton's a tier three quarterback, but you can't deny his athletic ability and his his ability to have big games. So they're going to be nine and seven. The Saints, they can't get over last year. They can't get over the one play that cost them the Super Bowl. They forgot that there were other plays, and it was pretty embarrassing that the Rams were in the game at their own home stadium. They forgot to mention that part, but they'll blame it all on one play. So they can't get over that. Mark Ingram's not even on the team anymore, and he can't get over it. So what does that tell you about the Saints? And I think Drew Brees is father time's coming, knocking his door down and smacking him in the face. It's 
like I said, it's not nice, and that's the way it happens. But I think it's going to end quickly for him. The Buccaneers, I think on paper they're a five and eleven team, but I give them seven and nine because I really like Bruce Arians, and he'll bring out the most in Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston isn't the guy; they shouldn't pay him, but they'll be better than they should be, and he will be better than he should be. Any pushback on those, Marv? No, I agree with those. Those are, are really pretty spot on and pretty much what I would have thought uh, predicted as well. So then we move on to the NFC West. I have the Rams, 11-5. and five. They kept all their players. They were right there. They have Sean McVay. Jared Goff's getting better. I'm a little concerned about Todd Gurley. I don't think he'll ever be what he was. There's arthritis in that knee. That's not really something you can overcome. But they made it to the Super Bowl with, what's his name, that bowling ball guy who's not even in shape. He played for your Broncos, Marv. C.J. Anderson, C.J. Anderson. You think the guy would lay off some cheeseburgers and lift a little bit. But anyways, did did you you heard that story. (laughs) Everybody heard that story in the playoffs. He was, his girlfriend was pregnant, so he was eating what she ate. He's a professional athlete. Give me a break. Stay in shape. Uh, I can't sta- I can't stand that kind of stuff. That with I I can't expect everybody to be Tom Brady, but my goodness, you're a professional athlete. Stay in shape. So next, the 49ers at ten and six. I think they're going to be a surprise team in the NFL if Garoppolo stays healthy. I really like Shanahan as a coach. Garoppolo's a really high IQ quarterback. Not the most talented, but really high IQ, and that's what seems to matter in the quarterback world. If you can read the defense and make the play, you don't need to have the strongest arm. You don't need to be the most mobile, although he's sneaky athletic. And I really like what they're doing in San Francisco, but it is a make-or-break year for them. And if if Garoppolo happens to stay healthy and come back from that ACL injury, I really like their chances. Seattle, 9-7. and seven. They're, they were good last year. Russell Wilson's always going to have them good, and they're going to be in there in the playoff hunt till the end. But they don't have enough talent to do anything. They're, they're without uh, Baldwin now. They, they don't have any offensive talent. They don't have an offensive line. Russell Wilson will continue to run for his life. And their defense gets older and, and worse <laughs> by, by the season. Uh, and the Cardinals, they're also in my contention for worst team in the NFL at 3-13. and 13. <laughs> This is going to be another Chip Kelly. I think, situation. yeah, Kyler will have a good season. I don't. <laughs> I'm not really worried about Kyler being a buster or anything like that. They don't have anyone on their team. They they just don't have any help for him. So when he does poorly, whose fault is that? Not his, really, because Larry Fitzgerald's like 105. And then who else do they have in the offense? <laughs> David Johnson gets injured on every other play. Now that could be an interesting running combination. And they could have some good wins, some close games, and surprise some teams because Kyler's going to be confusing in the front half of the season. So they could start out all right, like three and two, and then never win a game again. But they're not going to be very good. They don't have much on Patrick. Then we get to the defense side of the ball. Patrick Peterson's washed up. Terrell Suggs is like 106. So he's one year older than Larry Fitz. Uh, it's a mess in, in Arizona. And, I do like Kingsbury as well, too. I think if they get some talent and give him some time, that could be a good good fit. I at least like their progressive attitude in hiring him. So it'll be interesting. Now, Mar, before we go, let's give the people our way too early Super Bowl predictions. So let's let's do it this way. We'll go AFC, 
you and then me, NFC, you and then me, and then winner of Super Bowl, you and then me. So who is your AFC team to the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Like I said, I don't like the Chiefs. I like the pick. I think it's possible, but I have to go with the Colts. I think the Colts are really building something. I might be a year early on this, but I think the Colts are going to surprise a lot of people. Vegas agrees with me, Marv. Did you see that they're over is 11 games? I would never bet that. I would oh, I would wow. never I bet that, that over, but it shows you that on paper, there's a lot of respect for that team. I would just never bet the over because you can't trust health. Never bet the over in NFL. Yeah, it's a, a lot, lot of wins. wins. You should never bet the over because <laughs> health can t- – me personally, I'd only bet the under ever. I would never bet the over, but you can't trust health. But 11 games, that's a lot of games. A lot of respect for their roster out there. I admit I might be a year early, but I have to be on the Colts because the Patriots is too cliche. Um, and I don't think the Patriots on paper are that good. It would just be picking with my heart, not my head. Let's go over to the NFC. Mm-hmm. Who do you have in the Super Bowl representing the NFC? The Los Angeles Rams. I'm with you. I got the Rams as well. I think we have them for the same reasons. Great coaching. Didn't lose anyone. Very good quarterback. Can't really argue with that pick. I think that the Eagles will be right there. But I don't trust Carson Wentz leading men. I just don't think that's going to work out. And your Super Bowl winner, Marv, who's going to take it all? in the? And my Super Bowl winner... It's going to be the, the, I was going to say St. Louis, sorry. The Los Angeles Rams. This time they get it done. They go and win the Super Bowl and get ready to open up their new stadium in Carson, California. I like the pick. If I have to pick in your Super Bowl, the Rams over the Chiefs, I think the Rams are the pick. Oh, man, it's really tough for me to go. I really like both teams, the Rams and the Colts. I'm going to have to pick the better quarterback. That's that's the tiebreaker for me, honestly. And it's gonna. I'm gonna go with my go with the Colts. I'm on the Colts early, so I'm gonna. What the heck? I'm gonna take them to win it all. Take the Colts. I think the Rams are gonna be right there. It would be a great Super Bowl, Colts versus Rams. Be a really good matchup. But Frank Reich versus McVay. Reich's got a little bit more experience. That would be a good. That would be a good offensive game to watch. That would that would be serious. I do, I do like your pick, though, in the sense it's hard for me to pick against the Rams with McVay. I, only like Bill Belichick can make McVay look like a toddler. Uh, McVay runs circles around everyone else, and then Belichick made him look like a toddler in coaching. It, it was, was incredible. Was, it was a great game. Because I don't think, I don't, I don't think McVay, if he makes it to the Super Bowl, will make no, the same he mistakes he made last this last season. So. That's the reason why I like him a lot to to make it back and that would absolutely be my argument to pick him because I think he is the up and coming bright coach and it would be tough for me to see him lose twice. But uh, without Gurley, without the ability to control the run with Goff, who I don't think is as talented as Andrew Luck, I got to go with the Colts and that and they're building a great defense. So yeah, the, those are our way too early Super Bowl predictions. Those are subject to change as the season goes on and injuries happen, but. Thought we'd put those out there early on. Marv, thanks for joining me. Thank you, everyone who is listening, for joining us. Thanks for having me, bro. Love doing it, as always. We'll keep the NFL news coming. Keep giving you our two cents. We hope you give us yours throughout the week, and we will talk to you all soon.